Hello everyone and welcome to Minute 20 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me to finish off this week is David Brooke of Blueprint Review. Welcome back to the show, David. Hello, glad to be back. Final episode. Well, for me. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, that's true. You're, you're together, what, uh, three weeks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, that's what I said. Exactly. <laughs> so minute 20 begins with Harry sipping his drink and ends with Sally getting the shock of her life. So yesterday we uh, we, we were talking a lot about uh, Harry and Sally uh, sitting together on the airplane discussing uh, whatever happened to Harry's uh, old girlfriend from the University of Chicago. We got some very interesting uh, uh, answers about that one. And today, uh, you know, Harry then changes the subject and he takes a quick sip of his his drink. And then he says, you were going to be a gymnast. (laughs) And Sally immediately corrects him and goes, a journalist. He goes, right, that's what I said. (laughs) And... I am a journalist. I work at the news. Great. And you're with Joe. Well, that's great. Great. <laughs> you're together, what, three weeks? A month. How did you know that? You take someone to the airport, it's clearly the beginning of a relationship. That's why I have never taken anyone to the airport at the beginning of a relationship. Why? Because eventually things move on. And you don't take someone to the airport. And then everyone wants to say to me, how can we never take me to the airport anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so let, let, let's just try and, and go through these, these, these things here, first of all. So first of all, he mentions, you know, it, it's funny that he thinks that she was a gymnast. You know, on the one hand, I would give him a little bit of credit that after five years, he's, he's, he's close. <laughs> you know? <laughs> They kind of sound kind of similar. That's, yeah, that's what I'm a... saying. It sounds similar. It's, I mean, obviously it's there for, for the humor. It's not there for anything yeah. else. Uh, but uh, it still, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it still works the way that they do it. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you know about gymnastics? Uh, uh, well, I, I know, I know what it is. <laughs> I, know it's, uh, I was never much of a gymnast myself, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wide, a wide encompassing kind of field of sports, I guess. Yes. Okay. So it is a type of sport that includes physical exercises requiring balance, strength, flexibility, agility, coordination, dedication, and endurance. It contributes to develop the arms, legs, shoulders, back, chest, and abdominal muscle groups. Okay. Do you know where the idea of uh, gymnastics came from? Oh, I don't know. It feels like an ancient Greek time type of thing, but I don't know. And you, you would be correct. Uh-huh. That is where it comes from. It was uh, basically, it comes from a Greek word, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, <laughs> but it means to train naked. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, thankfully, things have evolved over the, over the, the centuries. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Except for when you're in Finland uh, in the sauna, <laughs> but, you know, besides that... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but uh, uh, basically, 
it began in in uh you know it's from ancient times but but when you're talking about the you know modern gymnastics this started in around uh, 1811 in germany and it made made it to made its way to the states in in the 1820s uh the first gymnasium that was opened in the u.s was in 1825 in uh northampton uh, massachusetts and then uh, in harvard they opened up a public gymnasium uh, in 1826. So, you know, it's something that that uh, that, that evolved over the years. They they uh, formed the FIG, the Federation of International Gymnastics, in 1881. And by the end of the 19th century, it was so popular that it that it actually made it into the Olympic Games in 1896. Which was the first the first Olympics, and it's still it's still in the Olympics today. <laughs> but they they it must have been. I was quite, I was quite well like what I'm always quite impressed by the gymnastics. So I'm not a big sports watcher, but when it, I do tend to watch the Olympics, and the gymnastics is always one of those things that it always kind of amazes me. I was quite, I was quite like watching just the the immense skill of them. Really, it's a, it's a similar reason why I'm I'm a big martial arts movies fan. I, I just kind of. I like watching people who are amazingly good at something. I just uh, something that I can't possibly do. It's it's always always amazes me to watch, whereas the other sports have a different kind of appeal that doesn't always pull me in the same way. Which type of of movies you said that you're talking about? Martial arts movies. Ah, think, martial um, arts. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. in terms of because I kind of watch them for the uh, with the the really well choreographed ones where. Uh, some of the actors, the, the proper Hong Kong ones, where the actors are doing crazy things that, that I couldn't possibly do myself. I was, I'm always amazed by that kind of stuff. I like watching people who, even and on a on a different subject, equally like music. I, I like jazz and I like um, kind of 70s rock solos and things. I, I'm always impressed by people who have, have honed their craft to an incredible degree. Um, and I think as gymnastics is one of those things where it's clear to see how impressive it is. Right. As they say, practice, practice, practice. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, one of the things she says is that she's working at the news. Okay. Vague. <laughs> Very vague. The closest it com- could come, come, she could be referring to is the New York Daily News, which is, uh, you know, officially titled just the Daily News. It's a newspaper based in New Jersey that was founded in 1919 by Joseph Patterson. Okay, it was actually the first US daily uh printed in tabloid format. And it reached its wow. uh, peak circulation in 1947 where they were they were making 2.4 million copies a day. Hmm. It is currently the 11th highest circulated newspaper in the US. It's still very popular and it, it, yeah. it I'm I'm very curious if that's what is she, what she is referring to when she says she works for the news. Or, right, because it, it could be so many different things. Although I guess if if you are if you are keeping it simple by just calling it news, I guess that's suggesting it's the most popular one with the, of that name. So I, I'd have thought right. you, you're probably on you're probably onto something with that. Yeah, it could be unless they're keeping it vague to, so that uh, international audiences and things who are, I don't really know the newspapers in New York right. would. Uh, would accept more easily right. i don't know <laughs> i mean if i remember correctly this is the only time she really mentions anything about about her job in the entire movie if i remember correctly yeah. you know so so you know why not just keep it vague and say i work at the news that's it you know mm. quick yeah. short simple 
Exactly. Exactly. That 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 works. And then uh, their their uh, conversation continues a little bit, where <laughs> after Harry gives this whole diatribe about about you know why when people will take their their significant other to the airport, you know, which I, actually have you have you ever taken your your wife to the airport or she's taking you to the airport, you know, when when you were, you know, at at, at a certain point in your uh yeah in, yeah in our early days when it was kind of long distance yeah definitely um a, a couple of times yeah. and so so people saw you in the airport they said oh well they're clearly at the beginning of the relationship <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, probably not no probably not <laughs> exactly no it's, it's an interesting observation and and you know i wonder how true it is or not i mean it's not something that you can quantify and not something that you can really look up and find out you know if that is really true but it's mm. it's a it's a very interesting way of looking at things yeah i guess i mean it's, it's it's harry's character throughout the film he's always making a lot of these kind of sweeping observations and i do find that quite a lot of the time he has although they can occasionally seem um seem a bit misogynistic and things like that but i do think that he's onto something on quite a lot of them but this is one that i think is a bit reaching is a bit weak, weaker than some of those other kind of uh, observations in the film um personally it's not not one of the stronger ones it's right. a bit like what <laughs> yeah no because i don't think the the fact that he says this warrants the the response that that sally gives him at this point you know because mm. she says to him it's amazing you look like a normal person but actually you're the angel of death yeah, it's a bit extreme. So, you know, to call him the angel of death after the fact that he mentions, you know, about why he doesn't take his girlfriends to the airport, <laughs> you know, that just sounds a little too too much. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, well, we'll get to it later, but I wonder if there's anything stronger that he says in the script, but... Um... We shall see. <laughs> uh, that we shall. That we shall. Um, or, or maybe if you're saying you're saying you you wonder if it's something stronger, or you wonder if it's something even you know milder. I mean that that Harry says something stronger to elicit that reaction. I wonder if it's it's been changed or trimmed, and the reason she has that angel of death line is that in the original script, perhaps he's he says something a bit more obnoxious, a bit more sexist, so a bit more sweeping. Uh, I don't know. That's what I was getting at. No. Uh -huh. Okay, that, that that is fair. And Harry once again continues to try to garner information from her, you know, by by just continuing to ask questions. And he goes, "Are you going to marry him?" <laughs> again, this is someone that 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 they barely know each other, and he asks this type of questions, hmm. you know. And Sally's response is, "We've only known each other for a month." And besides, neither one of us is looking to get married right now. So that's a very interesting comment to make. <laughs> mm. You know, it says a lot about her relationship with Joe. Mm. You know, because the fact that, that she says, well, we've only known each other for a month. So obviously she doesn't need to open open her her heart and everything to, you know, spill her guts to, to Harry at this point. There's no need for that. You know, but if she is head over heels, you know, for Joe, you would think that she at least 
you know, is thinking about the fact that this could lead to marriage. But just to give the excuse that we've only known each other for a month and neither one of us is looking to get married right now. I kind of get in this moment because 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 she's get this earlier earlier on when she looks deeply in love. I I kind of see this as part of their game of kind of one-upmanship, and I think I think this is her trying to try not to look like a kind of loved-up kind of uh, like a bad stereotype sort of uh, ditzy loved-up girl. So I think it's her trying to show that she's a kind of a, 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 a strong kind of independent modern woman and stuff i think i think it's part of their kind of game kind of part of their battle i think her reaction to that because as we see earlier she does seem like besotted by by joe um and then we'll and i guess it comes out very much later in the film that she's kind of devastated when when he goes as well um so yeah i think i think this is part of the game i uh, yeah i think she has thought about marriage (laughs) i think that's what she was thinking of when she was gazing into thin air earlier in the scene Yes, she's dreaming of of uh, you know because because Joe just said that he loves her, you know. Yeah, so exactly. why why should she think anything differently, you know? And um, I mean the I, again, if 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 you take into consideration what Harry's next line is, okay, so it basically he was baiting Sally here because he's about to to more or less drop a bomb on her to sort of try and one up her, I guess you can say. Yeah, because his response is. That well, I'm getting married. <laughs> and she yeah. looks at him and goes, "You are? Mm-hmm. You are? Yeah. Who is she?" And that's actually the the last line of this minute. So people will have to come back on Monday to hear, you know, who she who she is, what they're referring to. But but again, you know, it goes back to what I just said. Um, Harry is baiting her here. You know, he mm-hmm. is doing all he can to make to make her feel bad. And to make himself feel better. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That's the only reason that someone would bring up a conversation like that and, and say to them, you know, uh, well, are you getting married? And then she'd be like, no, I'm not. And they said, well, guess what? I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I do love the way Meg Ryan says, like, who is she? As yeah. well, like, I'm disgusted. <laughs> no, like, not disgusted, but, what but, monster but could, uh, in shock <laughs> that there's someone who actually would be willing to marry Harry. Which again goes along with the fact that if you think about it, you know, just seven years from now she will be married to Harry. But still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who is who she? Is she? <laughs> like literally, like why would she want to marry you? You know what's or what's? It, it's funny what she says. Who is she? As opposed to what's wrong with her? You know that that would be probably a more appropriate <laughs> yeah. type of response to say that. Well, she's yes. No, obviously she's implying it. So there's there's no question about that. <laughs> I I completely. You can hear the under underlying tones there of that she's implying that okay, what is wrong with this woman? Why has you know why has she reached a level where she's forced to marry Harry Burns? You know that type of thing. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll have to wait until uh, Monday to find out who she is. But. I mean, the, the the way that this minute ends is a great shot of Sally's face, you know, because she really, is, she basically has, you know, her 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 jaw, her jaw, uh, completely, you know, hitting the floor by the fact that that Harry has said that to her, you know, that he's getting married, you know, and then we get the reverse shot also of uh, Billy Crystal 
you know, Harry, where his mouth is also completely open because he might be a little shocked that he that she actually said this to him. Yeah. You know, like, why would you say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> why do you think I'm a bad person? Why do you think I'm the angel of death? <laughs> you know, do you know what the concept of the angel of death is? Um, is it like, a bit like the kind of the is it kind of the, the cloaked figure who supposedly comes to you when it's your time and takes you away kind of thing? It's, yeah, it's like it's like death, the, the Grim Reaper. That's it's just another another Grim, phrase yeah, Reaper, used the for the Grim Reaper, you know, who uh, who comes to collect the person's soul. Mm. You know, the whole idea is that there's there's an angel that that's his job, you know, to come and and collect all the souls as they're they're they're, they're leaving this world and going to a different one or wherever. Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's it's interesting that she uh, it goes back to what we were saying, what I said before you know that that this is a very harsh response to use the term angel of death, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what can you do? <laughs> That's the way that the two of them are mm-hmm. with one another. They like to throw these things out at one another. Clearly enjoy kind of this kind of banter, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's what it all comes to eventually. Yeah, of course. That, that's one of the things that uh, endears them to one another, you know, that they have this type of banter. Very true. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get into the script? No, no I'm good. Okay. Well, you were incorrect, David. The script is word for wow. word of this minute. There's wow. nothing for me to even say about this minute uh, from the script perspective because it really is literally taken directly from the script. You know, again, this was the revised version of the script on the. Uh, 17th of August, 1988, but it's completely the exact same thing. So sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) No worries. I mean, you know that the, that these, the characters of Harry and Sally are basically Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched the, um, yeah, it's in the special features on the disc. Yeah. Yeah. Have 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 you listened to their commentary or not? Yeah, oh, oh well, there's a Rob Reiner commentary on my disc, but it's, it's solo. It's just Rob oh, Reiner. Okay. Um, didn't have no right. reference on. But no reference spoke. There's there's like a 20 minute like uh, or half an hour making of with uh, both with, with both the band, the cast, and stuff in there, and and the dude. Mm. Okay, because my version has has two commentary tracks on. One of them is just Rob Reiner, and there's another one with Rob Reiner, uh, Nora Ephron, and Billy Crystal together. Oh, I wish I had that one. Yeah, I'd say the Rob Reiner one's a bit disappointing. One, the Rob Reiner one on my disc, it's a bit sparse. Like he, he just sits and watches the film yeah. for quite a while. It, it's yeah, not yeah. very. It doesn't. He doesn't keep talking very much, so it's a bit disappointing. But he just, he does have a few little gems in there. I think the half-hour documentary was more um, useful. Yeah, that makes sense. I completely uh, understand that, which is why I was glad that you know, I, it just, just having. I think when you have a commentary, you don't want to have a solo commentary. It doesn't matter who it is. No. You know, I, I can't think. No. I can't I think of any commentary. I, there, there was a time when I would listen to commentaries a lot on DVDs that I had, and I can't remember if I ever, you know, heard one where it was a solo commentary, and I said, "Wow, this is amazing." Yeah, I mean, I, I find it fascinating, I, I but but you want to have too. the back and forth, like what we, like what you and I have now, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, I disagree slightly because I, I listened to a lot of commentaries because of because of the nature of what mm-hmm. I review. But um, the 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 kind of um, when it does work as a as a solo, it's not it's when it's not a filmmaker. It's, there's a lot of tracks that are just um, that are film 
critics and historians and um I, I think they can still be really good uh, because they tend to th their commentary is very different they usually have a lot of notes and they're usually um it's almost semi-scripted like uh they're running they're running through kind of uh, facts about the film and and, and and analysis and stuff like that and they can be very strong i've had i've seen some solo listen to some some solo solo commentaries that are very good but i do agree if, it, if it's like a filmmaker or an actor like the worst commentary i've ever heard and it was so disappointing because i i expected it to be great was um it's um jack nicholson on uh blah, 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 the passenger uh and i was look, really looking forward to it i thought oh jack nicholson this will be great fun but he just barely speaks. He doesn't know what to say. And when he does, it's not interesting. Oh, wow. Just on his own. He's got no to bounce off. And it's just so boring. I, 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 I'm I, not sure I even finished it. I just, it was just, which is, because I'm a big comedy wow. guy. I, I, um, I've discovered, uh, because I, um, I, what I do, I've, I've learned the secret with commentaries. Because to sit and watch the film again with the commentaries, is difficult to find the time. It's a bit of a chore. But what I do is I rip them off the disc I'm I, I using my computer and then I can stick them on my phone and I, I just listen to commentaries while I'm making the dinner. Right, exactly. I've, I've, I've done that too. So I'm, yeah. I, I'm always listening to them. Um, so yeah, but, but no, that, that, uh, Jack Nicholson one was right. horrendous. So no, I, I, I don't like the patchwork ones. The, the, you know, when you have commentaries where, where you have different people that they, you know, recorded, oh, they, yeah, they the, recorded each of them separately as a commentary and then they put them all together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically just, yeah, it may as well be a making of documentary instead, right? Because because yeah, in those cases, the, you'll have someone tell a story at one point, and then someone else tell the exact same story a little bit later, yeah. and you're like, well, oh, the wait a second, didn't didn't the other guy just talk about that? You know that type of thing. Yeah, the other commentaries I hate are ones where they just um, they just describe what's happening on screen. It's like I've seen the film; it's it's in front of me. It's like I know what happens. That drives me crazy when they try to explain it. It's like it's not, it's not unless it's. There are rare occasions if you've got a very complex film, and sometimes it's good to you don't always quite grasp exactly what's happening. Um, so occasionally that's it's worked, but most of the time it's like shut up and talk about the making of the film. Like I can see what's happening. Wait me. a second, isn't that what we're doing yeah, here though? A pet peeve. We're just talking about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, are you are you saying are you saying that, that this type of commentary is is something you don't like, David? <laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, no, but we're we're analysing. Analysing it is different, I think. But we're, we're digging deeper into right. what's going on. But I think it's sometimes you get you sometimes get commentaries where they're just saying, "Oh, uh, he's oh, okay now now." I guess I guess we're doing that. Till, <laughs> I'm ruining the whole. Uh, so, but. Uh, we say that and then dig into it, whereas sometimes that's all they say. They just tell you it's just like right. a point. Okay. No, that one of the um, one of the reasons that I do explain what's going on on the screen is because of the fact that that you know this is just an audio uh, medium. So therefore, you know, someone, yeah, exactly. I, I doubt that there are people that are sitting and watching the movie, you know, as you know, we're discussing that minute. You know, they're not going to be playing a minute over and over well, in the and background. They wouldn't anyway, because we have, yeah. and we talk longer than a minute. That's the thing. But yeah, no, and obviously we we have to describe what's happening. Because and also when we describe what's happening, it leads on to something else. Whereas I, the commentaries I'm talking about, when they don't lead on to anything else, they're just literally just like it's it's like an audio um, audio description right. basically. It's, <laughs> they, yeah, but but if you've got uh, one of the stars of the film chatting, you don't want them being the audio description guy. Right. You want them kind of give it some dirt yeah. about that. no for sure yeah anyway <laughs> no my my favorite thing on on the the commentary that i've heard so far you know because i'm I'm re-listening to it as i go through uh each of the minutes ah, okay. and stuff like that but uh you know we have nora efron 
was mentioning the fact that she was once on an airplane and she ordered something similar to the way that Sally ordered something. And the person sitting yeah. next to her turned to her and says, wow, have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not really. that She was sitting next to Sally. <laughs> so, yeah. Every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Romance where my guests will give their top five rom-com. Okay. My top five. Um, I'm going to start with, at number five, a film that I feel influenced uh, Rob Ryan and Nora from in making When Harry and Sally, and that is Annie of Hall. And I think I think there's more than a taste of Woody Allen in When Harry yes. and Sally. Uh, so I had to put this in there. It's uh, I know Woody. There's a lot of issues with Woody Allen these days. We're not going to go into those. Um, but uh, I, I just I, I do think Annie Hall is his best film. Uh, it's certainly kind of his best romantic comedy, and it's. Uh, it's just it's it's just it's just wonderful it's very obviously very wittily written yes um it's and brilliant, perfectly performed and it's just it's just a, a lot of fun um yeah yeah okay so that's anyhow that's one had to get in there <laughs> and then the rest of my list goes goes further back in time I, i'm kind of the ro- romantic comedies i like are the some of the uh, classic kind of era ones I, and and the next kind of three are all from the kind of actually no this next one's not quite there but I'm, I, I'm a big fan of the screwball comedies which which more often than not are kind of also romantic yeah, of comedies um but yeah but number four isn't necessarily isn't really a screw what well, not really a screwball comedy but um is my next one is here comes mr jordan uh this is a film that's been oh, made I love that movie. A times I, um, I love that movie yeah, it's, it was it was remade into uh, is it he- uh, Heaven Can Wait? Is Heaven Can Wait, yes. Remake? I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember. Yeah, which is which again was remade um, later with Chris Rock. Um, but um, but yeah, here comes Mr. Jordan. It's just it's just it's so much fun. It's uh, it nicely blending romance, comedy, and kind of fantasy, and uh, it's it's just yeah. Perfect. I was I was always I, amazed that that 1943. I think that's when they they made a movie like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, then number three, I'm going to go with Bringing Up Baby, um, which uh, is obviously it's Catherine Hepburn and uh, uh, oh, my brain's freezing. Um, nah, uh, what's his bloody name? My brain. Uh, Cary Grant, of course. But anyway, yeah, Cary Grant. Uh, I think Cary Grant to me is is one of the kings of the kind of screwball and romantic comedies, and uh, this is. One of the best. We might get to the best in a minute. But yeah, Bring It Brook Baby is just absolute bonkers madness. Um, and the romance is kind of, it doesn't really come in to, till the end, although you get an idea that the Catherine Hepburn uh, character uh, likes the Gary Grant character and is kind of kind of cheating him into kind of <laughs> spending more as, as much time with her right. as possible and staying away from her, his, his bride-to-be. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's just, wild fun really um so that had to be in there uh but number two another Cary grant film is uh his um and wait this, i didn't hear what movie it was what movie was it oh sorry his girl oh, friday okay. so yeah i think um this and the number one film on the list i think it shows it's i i, I quite like the more cynical side of, of romantic comedies and, and uh his girl friday is is so uh, character carrie grant character is really kind of um a bit of an apple really uh but a, a lovable rogue maybe you could say 
Uh, and again, a bit like Catherine Hepburn in Bring Up Baby, he's he's kind of cru cruelly trying to keep Rosalind Russell from getting away from him. And um, he's, who is, he's, he's, he's his ex-wife and he's about to get remarried and he's kind of trying to um, kind of trip her up and stop it from happening. Right. That's uh, another movie that's been remade numerous times. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. And it's, uh, well, it, that was a remake, in fact. Uh, anyway yes. it was mm -hmm. uh, the front page yeah. was the original and the front page is very sure. good but i do i do prefer his girl friday so yeah that 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 had to be in there and then my number one uh romantic comedy is the apartment um which i just absolutely adore um again it's got a much darker edge than than what you'd expect from a romantic comedy um, in fact, it didn't come to mind straight away when I was thinking of romantic comedies, but I was doing a bit of looking online to get some other inspiration for my list. And I was like, oh, God, I love the apartment so much. So it had to jump jump right in there. And it's again, again the best, like all the best romantic comedies, is very wittily written uh, by Billy Wilder and also yes. directed by Billy Wilder. And again, and the cast, Jack Lemmon and Shirley McLean are just perfect. Um, I, I just, I, I really adore this film. As I say, um, I like that it has a darker edge, but it still sells the romance uh, and has one of the a perfect ending. Yes, uh, that's the way that's the way it crumbles cookie-wise. Yeah, as a, Billy Wilder films do have those kind of spot-on perfect endings. And it's it's just a perfect film for me. It had, had to be number one. Okay, that, that's a great choice for, for number one. I, I love The Apartment. I actually just rewatched it, uh, I think, last week or two weeks ago. It's a movie Absolutely. that I I try go coming back to as often as possible because it mm. it's it's such a a uh, profound uh, romance. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and also I I love the way that they talk about certain uh, subject matter without talking about the subject itself. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, very true. They're, they're, it, it, it it does everything in a, an amazingly subtle way. Yeah, because suicide is quite a big part of it, really. But they don't really openly say that ever right. say that word. That I actually wasn't even referring to suicide. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, you know adultery and. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. that's well. <laughs> that too, but uh, but yes, yeah, suicide yeah. suicide is something that that is uh, an underlying theme there. Hmm. You know, just also the way that people react. You know, like even the neighbors. You know how they they they, they keep you know thinking about the fact that. Uh, you know, Jack Lemmon's character must be this major stud and the way that they're talking <laughs> yeah. about him and stuff like that. It's just great. Yeah, I, I love that. That That is a great choice. That is, uh, I'll give people a hint, that is definitely in my top five, you know, Excellent. of, of favorite, favorite rom-coms. But uh, you'll have to wait until week 19 or the final episode in order to hear that. So, David, you want to once again tell people how they can find you? Yes, so um, uh, you can find me at blueprintreview.co.uk and find uh, all my reviews on there, mainly of physical media. I'm a big physical media guy. So uh, as we were talking about earlier, I love my commentaries and making ofs and things. So I tend to review those as well. So if you're into that, check out blueprintreview.co.uk. Excellent. Actually, I wanted to ask you, if you, if you, since you like, uh, you know, Far East films, so you, you also listen to commentaries on Far East films, uh, yeah, I do. Um, and what Well, a lot, a lot of the ones I, I quite often they, they, they critics or something talking about the film, but they are occasionally, uh, obviously in 
in whatever language the film is in. Uh, I must admit that when 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 that happens with commentaries, it, it's always an annoyance to me because it means I can't just listen on my telephone. But um, I just have to find time and uh, and I do I do tend to still rip it off the disc and watch it on my device because then I can I can speed it up slightly so it doesn't take as much time. Um, okay. I, I can read subtitles quickly. So you've just got to read the subtitles on those commentaries. Um, it's just like yeah, it's reading a commentary rather than listening to it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's still doable. Still, still, yeah, still watching. Okay, that is def- definitely fair. And finding me is very simple. Just do a search, quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com, or you can find me on Twitter. So, David, thank you once again. This was a great week. I appreciate you being here. Uh, no but problem. I obviously. It. Obviously, your residuals will be going around every every day because, you know, we, we hear your music at the intro and the outro of, uh, you know, every episode. Uh, your residuals, your, your, your financial residuals will be the same as my financial uh, residuals <laughs> for making this show. So, you know, I, I appreciate that, that the fact at least that you know that, that we're both in, in the same uh, uh, bracket when it comes very, to that. Very generous, very generous. <laughs> Exactly. So thank you very much for, for, for taking the time to do that. It's, it's much appreciated. And it's, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it isn't always a given that, uh, that people will, will give of their time for, for something like this. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No problem. And uh, I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But uh, until then, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill With all your faults I love you still It had to be you Wonderful you Had to be you